0: Quick disclaimer the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com.
1: If you're trying to deal with self centered people, you may think that you can handle it for that one time, but I promise you, self centered people are looking at themselves and what's best for them. And if things start going The wrong way, then you're going to be cut out if they can figure out how to do it at all possible.
2: Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast.
0: Our hosts interview commercial
2: real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm here with Cowboy Joe Marquis. Joe is joining us from Gulf Shores, Alabama. He's invested in numerous development projects across the U.S., including turnkey subdivisions, multifamily, 5,000-bed crew lodges, gulf front condos, resorts, commercial buildings, and mixed-use spaces. He's also been involved in some unique projects in the Caribbean and South America, ranging in value from $1.2 to $100 million. He's also a returning guest. His first episode was episode 2645, How This Mindset Change Turned a $41 million loss into a 100000000 million-plus success. With Joe Cowboy Marquis. Joe, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you've been up to since the last time you were on the show?
1: Definitely, Slocum. Thank you for having me on here. And I love being on this podcast. I believe it adds value to people that are listening. I've been focusing on swapping more over to the education side of things because the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. But one thing I have learned is that strategy beats tactics. And tactic is individual, okay, fix and flip, development, one type of development, whatever. Strategy is what's your overall outcome? And then putting together the tactics to fit your strategy. But more important than that is consciousness. We talked about mindset before, but what is your overall consciousness around what you're doing? Because you can never outgrow your consciousness. Your business won't outgrow the owner's consciousness. So I've been focused on expanding my consciousness and people talk about mindset and mindset is important, but it's more getting your mindset and heart in congruence with each other to where both your heart and mind are moving in the same direction. Because if your mind's moving in one direction, heart's another, you tend to have a lot of chaos and not accomplish as much.
2: Gotcha. So swapping to the education side of things, what does that look like right now?
1: Well, I've got a lot more speaking engagements on stages to bring people into my upper level mastermind. I also have a credit and investors association to where the investors are able to invest in different projects, but at the same time, they're exposed to education around investing, but they don't want to become full-time investors but they do become educated to where they're smarter with their money and their money works more for them versus them having to continuously let somebody else do it and running the risk of losing it because they don't know what they're doing. So that's primarily
2: speaking engagements. Joe, the listeners of this podcast will be fairly familiar with the concept of building a thought leadership platform to further your investing. Are you working along those lines? Is this about building a brand for the work that you're continuing to do?
1: It's building a brand for the education side and the passive investing side and also asset protection because a lot of people, when they're starting out as investors, they're focusing on returns, but it's more important to make sure that your assets are protected as much as possible first. Then you focus on maximizing returns and you do that through proper business structures and proper capital structures, making sure that you've got debt, equity, and reserves in proper ratios to make the investment the safest it possibly can be. And then my thought leader is my mastermind. That's where I take people and carry them to the next level on investing to where they not only learn tactics and strategy of the top 1% of the world, they also grow their consciousness to where they feel that they are in that level and can compete at that level.
2: Joe, thinking about the people who are at a level of investing where they ought to be entering a mastermind like yours, what are the biggest mistakes or mental hurdles that you see them struggling
1: with? Well, there's a couple. One is, like we just said, is not focusing on the protection side of things first before they look at returns. And that's a lot of people that are trying to raise money focus on that same thing. They tell people what the returns are going to be without how are they protecting the person' investment. Most experienced investors are more concerned with the return of the investment than the return on investment. As Warren Buffett said, rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, refer back to rule number one. So you want to build your investments to where you focus first on protecting that initial investment. Then how can you maximize return? And then the other biggest thing that I see people do is... The saying, scared money can't make money. Most people invest from a fear scarcity mindset. They're so scared of losing what they've got. They don't know how to invest to maximize the returns.
2: Of those two points, I'd like to return to the first. This is a daily podcast. We have a lot of people come on to this show. 300 to 350 a year, depending on how many... series we run like Travis Watts' and Ash Patel's. I hear a lot of people on this show talk about you protect the investment first and then you focus on returns. We have a fairly sophisticated audience. The majority of our audience is involved in apartment investing to some degree. Joe, as you may remember from the last time you were on the show, what does it mean to first protect your investors' capital, and then produce returns. I'd like a tangible example of what that looks like. If you have a success example and a failure example specific to prioritize protecting capital over returns.
1: Okay, I'll be happy to do that. As I said on the last show, my biggest loss was $41 million, but it actually cascaded into much more than that. And the whole reason for that is I didn't fully understand capital structures and capital structure composed of three things you have debt, you have equity, and you have reserves. And back when I was being trained, and most investors before 2008, money in a checking account was dead money. It had to be put to work. That money needed to be put to work and leveraged and everything else versus not understanding opportunity costs. And how much I was losing opportunity by not having that money in a checking account and having lines of credit for reserves. The problem with lines of credit is you can still have everything operating perfectly the way it always has. And the bank can wake up the next morning and say, I'm going to close your line of credit. We don't like the market in general. Has nothing to do with what you've done or anything. All your projects are still going right. You're Personal score is good. All of your debt-to-income ratios are good, and then they close your line of credit. Well, if you have all of your cash tied up in projects and you close your line of credit, all of a sudden your liquidity's gone, zero. And that's what happened to me in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, as well as a lot of other investors. To whereas, if I'd had the reserves in cash or other liquid assets that could readily be turned into cash, I could have survived that. An example would be you could take two 100-unit apartment complexes on the same block, exact same rent rolls, and exact same numbers. One investor doesn't have the proper capital structure in it, including reserves, and inside of two years, they've lost it due to a downturn. The other investor, having properly structured capital around it, including the debt, the equity, and reserves, not only is functioning and growing, they probably are in a position to be able to pick up the apartment complex that the other investor lost because he did not understand the capital structures and how important reserves and opportunity costs are. Joe, I want to summarize what I just
2: heard from your story. Let me know whether or not you think this summary is adequate. The most important thing to protecting your capital is ensuring that you have adequate reserves because if you find yourself in a market shift, or you find yourself having to change your business plan to changing circumstances surrounding a
1: property, you
2: need reserves in order not to end up below water. Is that fair?
1: That's a fair summary that reserves are critical to not only stay from being underwater, but it actually helps you grow faster as well because you're able to take advantage of other opportunities because people know that you have that money in reserve. You're able to bring on additional equity partners to take advantage of those other opportunities because they know you have the reserves to backstop them and protect their investments. They know that they're in a safer investment than they would be in a lot of other places. Gotcha.
2: We are recording at the very end of 2022. Thinking about our listeners who are looking to get into deals in 2023, whether that is actively or passively, what advice do you have specific to where we find ourselves in the current real estate market, the current economic climate, and global political situation of the moment?
1: A couple of things. Number one, make certain that you know the team behind the investment. Because team's critical. If you don't have an aligned team that are heart-centered and they're out for themselves, they can take advantage of investors versus trying to create win-win situations for everybody to where everybody wins and you can continue to grow. And then the second key aspect is what we talked about, the capital structures. If an investor is pitching you and all they are focused on returns, or even if they focus on return first... And then you have to ask the question, how are you protecting me? If they don't approach you from the very start with first, how they're protecting your investment, then what is your return going to be? I would look for other opportunities. And then again, real estate will still be here. Focus on upper end real estate. Don't focus on the lower end B and C, and D type properties. Focus on the A trophy properties. Yes, it takes more money to get into them but they're more stable and they will increase in value over time.
0: A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to mfincon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit mfincon.com today. Use the promo code BESTO to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINcon.com.
2: Why is it that 2023 is a good time for investing in trophy properties, Joe?
1: Primarily because the investment world is scared because of the macroeconomics. Stocks are up and down. Cryptocurrencies are up and down and people will talk about cryptocurrencies are this volatile, but the stock market's been every bit as volatile as the cryptocurrency market. I still believe long-term that the cryptocurrency market is going to be an excellent investment. And I invest in cryptocurrency, but the base is real estate. And then I can use money flow management and velocity of money to diversify into other investments. But the real estate is still going to be a foundation. People are going to need a place to live. That's why I talked about A-class apartment buildings. If people get wrecked again, like they did from '06 to '08, then there's going to be a lot of people that want to live in a nice apartment because they've lost their homes and they can't buy because they won't qualify because they've just recently lost a home or they don't qualify to start with. They've never owned a home and they can't qualify because of rising interest rates and things like that, but they still want to stay in a nice place. So you've got that market there.
2: Why is it that you advise that investors shy away from B and C areas in the coming quarters?
1: I don't know if I shy away from it. And if you can find value add properties in areas that are on the uptick, like say you've got a B property that the surrounding area is growing and evolving and becoming more upscale and it's a value-add property that you can do work into, that basically gives you instant equity, then that's a good opportunity for a more active investor. But just from standpoint of passive investors, unless you're getting a larger return, it's just safer to invest in a already functioning A property than a value-add property. I'm not saying that B properties are bad. It's just that's where the team comes in extremely critical is knowing the team behind them and what's their experience on bringing these B properties up in value. Your activity in real estate
2: has transitioned towards the education space, bringing other people along behind you, your speaking, your mastermind. As a newer investor than you, I thank you for those efforts. Joe, right now, end of 2022, your activity is in education. With regards to your capital,
1: where are you deploying it? I'm deploying in vacation rentals, waterfront primarily, and apartments, digital assets, and then also very boring, properly structured insurance products. And I say that almost sarcastically, very boring, because uh, properly structured insurance products are probably the foundation for all of the elite. I'm talking about the 0.1% of the 1%. Anybody that really wants to do a deep dive on it, Google Bali or Kali. That's banked-owned life insurance and corporate-owned life insurance. And just look at the numbers that banks are investing in it. It's a very safe, stable product, has a boring return, but your money's always sitting there and growing. That's interesting. The first
2: place your mind went to though was waterfront vacation
1: rentals. Why is that? Primarily because people are still going to want vacations, but with some of the macroeconomic things that are happening, the demand for drive-to vacations versus people being able to fly to the Caribbean, things like that, I think that's going to have a downturn but I think the drive-to destination places are going to stay stable and actually the demand will increase on them.
2: Are there any particular locations that you're focused on right now?
1: Primarily the Gulf Coast from Alabama around to St. Petersburg, Cedar Key, Clearwater Beach. We're actually developing three properties in Gulf Shores, Alabama right now, That that's all they are. They're developments to be held for vacation rentals
2: nice well joe are you ready for a second time for the best ever lightning round
1: definitely let's go for it great what is the best ever book you recently read as a man think of victor frankel hands down a good short one a good short book no sorry i'm saying
2: that as a man think it is a good short book (laughs) (laughs) okay it is fairly
1: short but it's a really good book i'm a fan. For sure. What is your best ever way to give back? I'm looking at the education as my giving back, helping develop an alliance to develop the world the way we want it to be, both literally and figuratively. And the reason I do it is because there's not that many people out there that has the experience on the development side of stuff that want to teach it. And if we don't pass it down to the next generation, who's going to keep progress moving forward? The one thing I am dead certain of is everything is either growing or dying. There is no status quo because if you don't grow, you're automatically going backwards and I really want to educate the next generation to be able to continue the growth and keep things growing for well, the whole world to create a better world for the next generation.
2: Joe, thus far in your investing career, what is the biggest mistake? you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it?
1: Well, other than capital structures, as I alluded to a little bit about the team is taking on investments or projects that the return looked great, but the team was, we'll use sketchy for lack of a better word, shady, underhanded, I can come up with a whole of terms on that, but evaluating the team and not doing business with people that y'all aren't in alignment. If you aren't moving in the same direction and have the same alignment, if you're trying to deal with self-centered people, you may think that you can handle it for that one time, but I promise you self-centered people are looking at themselves and what's best for them. And if things start going the wrong way, then you're going to be cut out if they can figure out how to do it at all possible. It's not worth the time, the effort, and everything else. Just go ahead and align with like-minded people that have the same heart and are wanting to create win-win-win situations. If it's not a win-win-win deal, I'm not going to be involved in it. If somebody's got to lose, then talk to somebody else on it. I'm just not interested in doing that project or that investment.
2: On that note, Joe, what is your best ever advice?
1: Know who you are. Do the work to figure out who you are authentically you. A lot of people in this world think they know what their values are, but they're usually subordinated values to what people think they should be versus what's your true values. What actually gets you wound up in the morning more than a cup of coffee? What is it that you truly love doing? And focus your outcome and your energies to create those outcomes in your values To where you're serving people in your values versus doing stuff that other people told you that's what you should be doing.
2: Excellent advice, to be sure. Throwback to my past. I used to be a professional youth minister, Joe, and that was always my primary focus in youth ministry was helping teenagers understand who they were in the world, how they related to others helping them hold up a mirror to themselves, have a better understanding of themselves. I'm fully in line with the value of understanding that as young and age as possible.
1: Where, Joe, can our listeners get in touch with you? The easiest way to contact me is go to my website, cowboyjoe.me, that's cowboyjoe.me. And there's ways to book a 20-minute consult call with me if you're working with me. It's also got a services page that can do numerous things and can help people in numerous areas, especially the asset protection side and how to use the velocity of money and money flow management to have your money working in multiple places to where you don't have to take unnecessary risks to create a high enough return to stay ahead of inflation and everything else.
2: The link to your website is in the show notes. Cowboy Joe, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend you know we can add value to through our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day.
0: Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content?